You ever wonder why we're here? I can't speak for either of you, but I'm here to pimp my ride. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, that was no. Phenomenal. That was that was great. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> this is me don't going, say no. I really hate pimped rides. <laughs> Welcome to RVV Recall. This is RVB Recall. We are having a grand old time. We have turned down the bass. We have turned down the rumpus room sound system. Turn we them are... back up! When we're done recording, maybe. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Mark knows what's up. We I am the bass. At... <laughs> Upon which the rest of us build. Now drop it like it's hot! Oh god! <laughs> And now it's all over the floor! So that's what this episode's gonna be like. We are looking at RVB Zero, episode three, Duo, which the joke that Megan continues to make, which is absolutely accurate, is my favorite Gundam pilot. We have with us the wonderful Mark B. Donica. Mine's Duo. As okay. well. That's all I got. He's <laughs> the best, right? Yeah. And um, Megan Salinas. Hi! You seem like, like, like I, I, please don't take this. I, I think you, are you a, a Catra person or a hero person? Hero. Yeah, I okay. Mean, don't right. get me wrong. Hero's, the, me hero's wrong. the moody anti-hero. I know. I got it. That's fine. <laughs> okay. You all know that the Gundam pilots and Gundam Wing were specifically made to attract a female audience, right? God, I hope so. <laughs> No, that that is that is legitimately what happened. Well, it and worked. And I'm Katie Cullen. Hi. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as we're all sitting here talking about a completely different show because we cannot let a good pun pass us by, and we also can't let a bad pun pass us by. And really, it's up to you guys to decide which one that was. We're going to continue making them anyway. So. We had a hell of an episode this time around. What did we think of it? Megan, let's start with you. Uh, I mean, what, I, uh, what I'm what i loving is the consistency in quality so far. This episode was just as good as the ones that had cam- came before it. Uh, we got a couple fantastic action sequences, and we got some answers and some good character development, which I think is going to be good setup for the rest of the season. I... Very much enjoyed it, and whether it's the teamwork displayed by Viper Squad or my girl Carolina just throwing hands, ah, it was so fun. Mark, how about you? I I really enjoyed it, but I did I do feel like we're still stuck in a writing a movie, not a television show world. Like there's a lot of stuff where just due to how much we know about. Uh, the general world of red versus blue and what we know to ex- what to expect and how much how much prep work and hype work was done for this season i feel like it's given more people a bit of a uh, clue as to what to expect and with some of the predictions that we've been making along the way to see some of those play out is less of a oh i knew it and a yeah okay 
to, at, at least to me and that doesn't that's not necessarily a bad thing uh but i think oh, the overhype is starting to wear on it but i i really i i i want to see the full the full cut the full movie slash film cut of this and hope that just the because the the stopping points of the, of the end of the episodes are curious and they they at least as of yet for me they're not packing the same sort of punch that other shows do and and it's not again not fair to compare it but i i hope to be leave like i hope to be leaving with more of a i gotta watch that again versus a okay i got it it's one of the reasons why quibi was not the ideal platform to watch a movie on you know correct (laughs) admittedly quibi also would not let you take screenshots or do any in-app sharing because quibi does not understand that people discover media through memes nowadays well i think there's a lot wrong with quibi and (laughs) there are a lot of reasons why as a platform it didn't work and why it's dead now I was gonna say it was the epitome of how are you doing, fellow kids, and now it's dead. <laughs> yeah, Quibi was a mistake. Uh, what was not a mistake was this episode. I honestly, Mark, I'm a little opposite of you right now. I feel like we do this every podcast. Mark says something, and I'm like, well, I disagree. So <laughs> thank you for being here, Mark. I truly adore you and respect your opinions. I'm actually super hyped. I think a chunk of that was because we got a lot of plot hooks in this episode. We got a lot of story. I feel like the first two, we had good introductions. We It set us up on our road. But this one, I felt like I could really sink my teeth into it in terms of the flashback, in terms of the lore drops and the hooks that we may or may not be getting. Like This episode excited me, not for the fight scenes. The fight scenes were great, yeah. But it excited me because we're getting those little bits of story. And I am someone who is very, very easily hooked on something that gives me, here's a cast of characters, here's a couple character hooks, here's a mystery to solve, go. Actually, the reason I got so deep into the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise, because they were like, hey, there's a bunch of stuff here that we're just not going to answer. And I'm like, oh, I love it. So yeah, we're, we're at the point where there's a bunch of stuff here that hasn't been answered, and therefore I am just here for it. All of my buttons have been hit. I am down. So let's talk a little bit about the squad with the mysteries, it seems. Let's talk about Viper Squad. Let's talk about Cobra Commander and Dad Asp and Manaconda. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still, thank you, Mark. For the, for the nicknames, this is still one of my favorite things to come out of this show so far. The madness is real. <laughs> we knew that from the beginning, but Manaconda, though, dude. He don't want none. He don't want none. Unless you got guns, hon. Yeah, that, I put that fight under Shatter Squad, but let's, let's talk about Manaconda a little bit. Let's talk about diesel facing off against west i really love this fight scene and you know what actually let me throw it to you mark what do you think about that what do you think about manaconda versus team dad i'm still very interested in what diesel is and it even if it's as simple as he just likes fighting people that's enough for me because we we've gotten glimpses now at 
uh, Zero. We've gotten glimpses now. I'm I'm trying to make sure that their names stick before I use their snake names. Um, <laughs> so especially because I was having a trouble with Phase last episode, but because we're getting drips of that lore, and while it's easy to see how Diesel fits in with some of the drops that we did get, I, I'd like I'd like to know. I, would you like to know more? Yes, I would like to know more. Just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit about Diesel. So he's not like, is he just the muscle? That's fine. But I would like to know that. Um, in terms of this fight, I liked how by the books, even in fighting, it seemed West was. Uh, we haven't seen him be, get desperate yet. I don't think we know how desperate he can get, but they're working a lot into him being a dad and his relation with East and uh. so I'm <laughs> I like we haven't seen people push to their limits yet we're starting to but uh, as we get further along in this season I wonder what ends to what ends our characters will be pushed and I think Diesel can at least help on the physical aspect where it looks like Zero and Phase will be handling handling the emotional aspect I love it. I also love that you went full Starship Troopers on us for a minute there. I appreciate that reference. Hoorah! <laughs> I, Diesel definitely strikes me as the muscle. I think they honestly just picked him up to be like, hey, do you like beating things up and killing shit? And he's like, yes. And they're like, great, let's give you power armor and let's go. And it can't be that and, simple. I just want to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's the case because West was able to face him down because we had essentially what looks like two bruisers against each other. And while Diesel may not have been trying to kill them because he did report back with they took the bait, it was still what looked like a fairly even fight, which makes me think that Diesel may have some basic armor augmentations, but I don't think he's got a superpower. Well, I think, I think he could also... a big dude. In order for that bait to be taken, he probably didn't fight them at full power. That's also entirely possible. Just like, well, let's we give him, let's make him know. think, let, let's make him think that they can take us, and then when we have them right where we want them, we will literally murder them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just hearing die. So yeah, I do, I do a terrible Damon Mills impersonation. It's fine, Megan. What do you think? I mean, speaking of Damon Mills, he is killing it as Diesel and other people, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, but no, his performance is just, it's so, so good. I know we've talked about it every episode, but it is just so, so good. It brings a smile to my face every time Diesel is on screen. Like, it, it's just so fun. Um, that being said, this fight... A lot of fun um, because, yeah, this was the first time we've seen um, West actually in action. And it was cool uh, to see his um, not necessarily like it's hard to say whether it's I don't think he was experimented on by Starlight Labs, um, but he does seem to have armor enhancements as well that also grant him like enhanced strength and so that was cool to see those two go toe-to-toe and also like just the Raymond getting an awesome kind of badass moment too because 
even though he's the rookie, being able to pull out a rocket launcher and send it towards the bad guy. Like, I really liked just the the exchange of like, hey, you've got to move. Don't tell me what to do. No, I literally mean move (laughs) because I'm about to send a rocket launcher at this guy's face. That was a great moment for Raymond, even if it was slightly undermined by the fact that Diesel just freaking palmed it when it came his way. Uh, so all in all, just good, good, good sequence all around. Good times, terrifying oldies. Yeah, let's let's talk a little more about Viper Squad. Let's back it up a little bit towards the beginning where we have the fight scene with my brain said Viper and I'm like, no, no. The Guardian. No, his name. Zero. Zero. I'm with Mark. The names are not sticking. My brain's just going King Cobra. And I'm like, you know what? That's good enough. That's <laughs> Cobra Commander. He doesn't, he doesn't feel like a zero to me. You fools. Everyone else's names stick and his just doesn't. It rolls off my back like a duck. Uh, yeah. So we have Zero and FaZe ba- facing down this guardian who tells them that if they try to get this relic, it will summon the Harbinger of Destruction. Cool, 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 great, awesome. They do manage to defeat it by beating up its extremely video game weak point and obtain a sword. Now this is continuing off of the action scenes that we got last episode with the we saw the beginnings of this action scene and then we also saw it interspersed with uh, Carolina versus one in East. So we have this, we have them getting this relic, which fights back for a minute and then stops. And we have this drop of what you're trying to do will summon the harbinger of destruction and zero straight up saying, Oh, I'm not human. I'm a ghost. Like anything we want to take from this, anything we Mark, does this speak to you? I wish that they picked a cooler word than just ghost because it's it's one thing it's one thing when like somebody with a dossier is like he's like a ghost he's like a specter or like something like that you know but when somebody goes I'm a ghost it just makes them sound like a lame cosplayer so like I I the the concept is cool and the idea is cool but um if it was if it was something where like Axel was was giving a dossier, which could then lead to the reveal of them knowing each other that much more impactful, something like that, you know, if if that makes sense. There, it it seems like there are some some choices that are being made. Like let's make the, let's make this the the coolest, most awesomest thing ever, and like maybe this needed a little bit more time to marinate still cool still awesome i i just we i don't have full context yet but um i thought the the fight was awesome uh it it was very apropos of what the everything started and actually similar similarly to what had happened with um similarly what had happened with between episodes one and two it was interesting that uh, these the scenes from the last episode were continuing so th- i think that's another thing is is why it doesn't feel episodic is that stuff is carrying over in a way to where it can't be cut down to like let's let th- the fight with uh uh 
one and Carolina and East like that, that was broken off and cool here. We have a beat in this. And I guess the other one was a beat in all right, We have to go to another location, but it still felt like, Oh, this is the same thing that was happening in the last episode. And it's cool. And it, the, the implications are crazy, but it visually, it still felt like, Oh, have I seen this before? As opposed to this is a completely new thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Mark, would it have been better? Would it have worked better for you if instead of him being like, I'm no mere mortal, I'm a ghost, if he had said something along the lines of, I'll be fine because I am a motherfucking ghost. Would that have worked for you instead? (laughs) One, great line. But two, um, (laughs) it's, it's, like, yes, you're the villain and you're supposed to say these sort of haughty things about yourself. But uh, even if it was something like, you've never met anyone quite like me, like something like that is still like haughty and and like full of yourself. But to just be and like, mysterious. But, but just to be like, I'm a ghost. It's it's like, I can't not say it not like that. And I feel bad about it. But it that's that's how it sounded to me was like, you can't beat me. I'm a ghost. <laughs> I appreciate that you go into that voice and I I get what you're saying though cuz it, it's I'm thinking back to our other big intimidating villains because with 17 years of canon you can't not compare them. The meta obviously never said anything about himself for reasons, but <laughs> Locus was a whole lot of other people going he's terrifying, he's a monster. But I, never but, really said anything to make him. Never really said anything like that about himself, except when he was having his straight up crisis and meant it. It's, yeah, it's, do not say. And like in terms of Felix, he he was the same way. Like he still had a mouth on him, but he wasn't necessarily he wasn't necessarily this overt. He, the way that he acted and the way that he talked to other people gave you the idea of the type of person that he was. And I know that we're trying to build these big bads in a snap, but there, like there is something that you could have, like if you, if the scene, if there was some sort of a debrief with the people at the location that they stole from. And one of the people on is like, he, he was here and then he wasn't like a ghost. Like that's completely different. And then, and then you can see him like, like even though he wasn't there to hear it you know that that's a reaction that he goes for so like there there's a there's a way to do it yeah it's it's that sort of title that sort of dialogue is something that needs to be said by other people about someone yes not by themselves yeah it's I'm, i'm thinking overwatch here it's the reason that if other people call gabriel reyes reaper it's terrifying, but because we're pretty sure he named himself Reaper. <laughs> exactly! He's an edgelord! And it just makes me think that Zero's an edgelord! I will hear he no might slander be. of my boy Gabe! <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, Gabe and is Zero. a melodramatic jackass theater kid, and we all know it. We, and we all know that Zero is a Reaper main. Oh my god, the shadow step, the dropping the weapon. It's oh my god, you're right. It's like this guy right. This you're guy right. knows how to do like he's he he <laughs> What skin does he use though? Does he use the masquerade skin? That's yes. what I need. Yes, to he know. does. One hundred percent. Good. That's the one I use. I was like, he would either be like the most the, either the most extra or the most like dark and broody. But I think extra 
for for zero. <laughs> well, and then FaZe is our somber main, obviously, and then Diesel is our Reinhardt main, but he's a shitty Reinhardt because he never uses his shield and just charges everyone. The, then it's he, perfect. We've got it. No, I was gonna say then he's Winston. No, no, oh, no, the no. Brain. Winston has yeah, actual the brain. utility. Yeah. <laughs> Reinhardt is a very specific playstyle, and you're either a good Reinhardt or you're an asshole. There's an entire short about Doom how Reinhardt Fist? learned to be a good Reinhardt, all right? Uh, now what about what about uh, Doomfist? Because he's all physical. Too squishy. Yeah, fair enough. Too squishy. <laughs> Diesel or Doomfist? Doomfist. Okay, yeah. I, I know very little about Overwatch. I love Gabe, and that's the... That's basically the end of the list of things I know about Overwatch. Doomfist is a DPS, so high damage output, but if you get a good hit in, they are donezo. Hmm. Reinhardt has a shit ton of hit points because that's the point of a tank. Yeah, so that's... (laughs) So that's going to do it for us on on this week's episode of On the Point. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Let's see nine. All right. Yeah. Megan, did you have an opinion on the spider? Do you just want to move on to the next talking point? <laughs> no, I I really loved this fight. Um, I know uh, pacing-wise, I really liked where it was placed, uh, the cutting back and forth to the Carolina fight, which we'll touch on uh, a little bit later. But I, I think that for me, the main thing... Like, I I talked last week about how much I'm loving the colors during these action sequences, the way their armor lights up, um, the lighting effects when it came to the two flaming swords. That was really cool. Um, I think my my favorite moment of the entire episode, actually, uh, was seeing Zero throw FaZe's knife and seeing her appear behind the Guardian as he uses his teleportation trick. Uh, so she teleports behind the guardian and then he teleports behind the guardian and she hands off the gun to him so that he can hit it in its video game weak spot. That was my favorite. I, I think that was a, a highlight of the episode for me. Um, but, you know, their, their teamwork aside, this whole action sequence was great. And even though it it's a little like cheesy classic mustache twirly villain cliche for the i'm a ghost i'm a ghost Um, (laughs) death comes comes. (laughs) i think that's part of the point though is like i i again i don't know what let what exactly led to this character going down this going ghost (laughs) i'm going ghost shadow stepping he's a phantom (laughs) um yeah i don't know exactly what led to this guy to be half man half ghost but actually it's uh evil (laughs) so vlad masters oh butternuts um but i don't know what led him to this point but i think the point that like it's supposed to be like uh, mark i don't think you're wrong for having that reaction i think we're supposed to have that a little bit because this guy is supposed to be full of himself and if like just because he has right now a lot of the power and and the the teammates to back up like all of his arrogance at the end of the day it's still arrogance and it's gonna it's gonna get him into trouble 
I also did like that when he did take the relic, it kind of, it reminded me a lot of uh, Soul Edge from like the Soul Calibur games. Like it looked like it was trying to eat him <laughs> and turn him inside out. Yeah, that, that weird eye on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I'm wondering, because we're, we're seeing that there's a, a price to pay when it comes to getting these abilities from Starlight Labs. And I'm wondering if his line of like, as cheesy as it is, I'm a ghost, isn't meant to be taken literally. Like, what if he's actually supposed to be a lot like uh, oh. the bad guy from Ant-Man and the Wasp? Wait what if minute. he is Reaper? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, what if he is Reaper? <laughs> Wait a minute. What if... <laughs> oh, God. Go for it. This is, this is a reference to season one, Red versus Blue. Do it. Where Church was a ghost. <laughs> They just, just turned it into, and I am a motherfucking ghost. And they changed it, and they just turned it into an action schlock line. <laughs> oh my god! So, but, so there was there was a, a mistake at the at the lab, and the whole thing that made them go silent was uh, Zero accidentally got shot by a tank by his own teammate, <laughs> and that's what caused him to run uh, and and be presumed dead after that. Yes, yeah, you know. That's red versus red versus blue. You know, it's it's classic red versus blue. Uh, I mean, Face's real name is Sheila. Sh- we did see him get shot by a teammate. So friendly fire is on. <laughs> I will say, yeah. What if this? Not to jump ahead, but what if this episode had ended with uh, <laughs> with Zero looking over the edge of that building and being like, "What? What the hell?" Why is my body still down there? You guys didn't bury my body? What's wrong with you? Uh, I appreciate that extremely deep cut. I appreciate that. Um, I think we should move on. (laughs) We've been here for a while. I think we should probably move on. Um, Boo, motherfucker. (laughs) Excuse you. No, I get it. Oh my god! Now all I can think of is how are they going to put the laser face in this one? And I just, that was the guardian. Didn't the guardian have eye lasers at one point? Am I just making that no, up? No, they, they did. did. They okay. did. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I remember making a laser face joke. I just it's been so long. It's been seventeen years. So we get a little bit of what I consider to be plot and or character hooks once Viper Squad reconvenes. Uh, we have. West and Raymond, when they get washed, Diesel heads back to base and says, they took the bait. Following up on that, we have zero questioning FaZe about something called the Echo, at which point FaZe says it'll be fine for a couple of days. And then the follow-up of how about is, he's not my father. So there's a lot to unpack here. (laughs) You're not my dad. (laughs) He's not my real dad. Um, if I could posit some theories, because I went super deep on the theory hole here, because why the hell not? We've, we've got a few here. First of all, I don't think the person that Shatter Squad picked up is actually Wash. They put him in, they put someone else in his armor, they did a Flash clone, they did something. Because either it's not really him, or he is hecked up. Because if Wash has the locations for things that they need... Why would they let him go? Secondly, 
I think that Faze is West's daughter. And I think either she and Echo, she and Echo, wow, wow. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Too many Overwatch characters in here. Um, I think that she and East are either twins or sisters, or that East is the Echo that we're talking about. That East doesn't actually exist, that she is an Echo of Faze one that happened in the experimentation. So I'm just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, Megan, what do you think? Personally, I think that last theory about East not being a real person, I, I think that's a little too far out there. <laughs> I don't I don't see that necessarily being the case. We're we're gonna get into like some crazy genlock um mad science if we go down that route. But I think that those the the other theories are actually pretty solid if um if the person that they did that they did pick up is in fact washington um then yeah there's there's definitely something else that needs to be deal with like dealt with like some incendiary device or i don't know maybe I don't know. I, I'm like thinking like maybe maybe by like hooking up his armor to like their their system that's gonna unleash like a virus <laughs> onto the mainframe or something like that. But I think that's that's a little that's nothing. That's literally nothing. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think him being an imposter is definitely a good theory. Um as far as the echo goes, I I think just like with uh east push and pull the the echo whatever it is it's uh, the repercussion for phases abilities i'm not quite sure what it means but that my guess is that it's it's the downside to her superpower that's that's just my guess but yeah we'll we'll wait and see but i definitely think the um he's not my father you are absolutely on the right track uh west uh, West is definitely her dad. Mark? Yeah, the the West being her dad is something that I don't think too many people would argue against, especially one of the first things we had West say was that he was a dad with several daughters um, to just sort of leave that open. And by them not showing us the other daughters could be a pretty obvious look of, hey, nope. And... Uh, was it was it West that said he had multiple daughters, or was it or Axel, Axel that said well, that about was him? Axel. It it was said about him that he had multiple daughters. How about that? I, Is that I a better thought, phrase? <laughs> uh, no, no. I thought Axel was the one that said he had multiple da daughters at home, and that when he took in one, uh, that he's like, now I have three daughters. Yeah. Boom. But but that, that was Axel. Line with that, that was Axel talking about Axel's own children. Oh. I don't know that West's number of children was I ever thought, strictly mentioned. I thought that was him talking about. I thought that was him talking about West, because they were because Carolina game here. Well, Carolina asked about both of them, so that's probably why I'm confused. Um, but either either way, yeah. yes, I think I think that as well. Um, but when it comes to Wash, I, I think it's a boom body of some sort, some sort of, they take the mask off and it's like a Wile E. Coyote TNT body. Um, some, something that will cause issues for the base, uh, one way or another, if it's an incendiary or a hacking device or, or whatever it may be, but that, that ain't Washington. <laughs> <laughs> 
again, the bait. And they established in episode one that they need him for whatever information he has. So They need yeah. the microwave knowledge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, there is definitely some hinky shit going on here. And I think these were some of the biggest plot hooks that we got. And of course, we got the your next target is at as at Starlight Laboratories, which I keep trying to call Star Labs because my brain likes to shorten things and also prefers familiar territory. Oops. So that is most of what we get for Viper Squad this episode, aside from a nice little flashback that we will be talking about after we flash to a quick break to talk to you guys about iTunes. Thank you so much to everyone who is listening, who has rated, who has left reviews. Seriously, you guys are super ridiculously helpful in terms of that. And also, if you are in a market that is not the U.S. iTunes store, we find we have some trouble seeing those reviews because iTunes just doesn't like to show them to us. So if you leave a review that's not in the U.S. iTunes store, please, please, please screen cap it and send it to us on Twitter or on our Discord uh, at the Rooster Team. Because we love seeing those, and we love giving you guys shout-outs on the show. Also, we are currently running a contest, if y'all remember that, um, that ends next week. In much the same way that we have given fun nicknames to everyone on Viper Squad, we want you guys to name our team, to name us, and to give us fun individual nicknames. And uh, to that end, we will be to the winner... We will be sending cookies from our lovely sponsor, who I'll talk about briefly. But, uh, Mark, do we have any iTunes reviews? Do we have any entries in the contest? What do we have from our wonderful fans? We do. We have two entries. Well, we have an entry and a half. I wanted to make sure that if some uh, if uh, Twitter user Cole Tiger is listening, they gave us a name uh, of the squad, but they didn't quite go into full detail in terms of uh, what our names would be, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the our one like dynamite entry uh, is uh, Asimov ninety five, and the icon is a quill and in ink because uh, our squad name is Myth Squad, and to which they uh, uh, they broke down that uh, my call name would be uh, Io. Because he's the internet, because I'm the internet boy, and gender swaps are fun. Uh, the Menguin is Troy. That's Megan. For those of you that don't know, Megan is Troy. Troy and I bet in the morning. <laughs> nice. uh, because you and Katie have launched a thousand ships. <laughs> uh, Katie is Hell, the Norse god of death, or short for Helen of Troy. So that connects the two of you. Um, and then Stacy is Fates for the three fa- uh, Fates threads to tie to her uh, cosplaying. And I and also I gotta say, Io has a little bit of a Tron tie to it as well. Gotta hand it to him. This is a this is a great Io Tower. This is a great suggestion. Thank you very much, Asimov. Um, but don't let this dissuade you. If you think you have a better idea than Asimov ninety five, you gotta enter because we got an amazing prize for you, don't we, Katie? We do. We will be sending you cookies from our sponsor, Fred. He bakes. He does incredible incredible cookies they have been tested by us hosts and they are so good 
We have the brown sugar buddy, which is his flagship cookie. It's like a cross between a ginger snap and a spice cookie and a molasses cookie. It's chewy. It's incredible. I absolutely love these. And they are so, so good dipped in your winter drink of choice. If it goes in a Starbucks red cup, it is really good with a cookie dipped into it. So unbelievably good. If you prefer slightly more fall flavors, we have the Maple Brown Sugar Buddy, which is all of that incredible spice cookie goodness, but also maple. And these are amazing, and I believe they are seasonal, so get on those. And of course, he does the Big Chip Buddy, which is like if you take one of those Costco muffins and just cut the top off, so all you have is that gigantic muffin top. That's kind of what this cookie is. They're huge, they're fluffy, they are packed with chocolate chips. They're a little more difficult to dip into your mug unless you have one of those gigantic mugs, but hey, we don't judge. Mugs are amazing. And dipping your cookies in your coffee, tea, hot cider, etc. is also amazing. So if you want to get some of these wonderful cookies for yourself, if you don't want to wait for the contest to end, you can go to fredhebakes.com, that is three words, fredhebakes.com, and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That is fredhebakes.com and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. And if you are chosen the winner of our contest, which we will be choosing after Thanksgiving, so... Get those entries into us, let's say, before Monday, before this next episode rolls around, so that way we will have them and be able to judge before we record. And we will contact the winner, and we will get you sent some cookies. But otherwise, get those cookies for yourselves. Everything is baked to order. They are fresh, never frozen. They are made in small batches. You can't find them in stores. You can only find them at fredhebakes.com. Treat yourself. You deserve it. Troy and Hella in the morning. Nights. <laughs> I gotta say, I appreciate that she went, oh, hey, what if I, t that they, pardon me, went, what if I just associate you with two figures associated with death? And you know what? <laughs> I'll take it. I will take it. It's a good time. All right, let's roll into Shatter Squad. Let's talk about these Woo! shenanigans. We... We already covered this wonderful fight of West versus Diesel and also Raymond doing his very best in what he considers to be a spooky base. I appreciate the comment about, let's check it out, is what you say in a horror movie when you want to die. Does anyone have any further comments on the fun stuff surrounding this particular hoedown, showdown, throwdown? Just no. raise a good boy. Raise good. <laughs> raise a good man. I don't know where he got the rocket launcher, but he deserves it. <laughs> so let's talk about our other hoedown, showdown, throwdown, because we've had many of them this episode. Carolina versus One and East. Getting into this, getting into this huge fight. Megan, what did you think of it? This is what I'm here for. Don't get me wrong. I fell in love with One and East, you know, upon their initial introduction and their rivalry is something I am looking forward to seeing develop as the as the show goes on. But guys, I can't lie. Carolina is my favorite red versus blue character. Like it goes back and forth between her uh, church and wash, but like she's my favorite. <laughs> and I never, never get tired of seeing my girl kick some ass. So uh, it, I, I, I talked a lot last episode about like the, the parallels that I think Carolina 
sees from her own life and experiences in these two other characters. And I think this fight is definitely like her way of communicating to them. Like you guys are fantastic. You're super talented, but you have a long way to go if you want it like if you want to get to where you want to be and i i really like the idea of her trying to use her experience and the you know everything that she that she's been through to help them work through their problems and to get them to stop standing in their own way <laughs> if that makes any sense that and just i, I know i talked earlier this uh, in this episode about what my favorite moment of the episode was, but I gotta say a close second is every single time Carolina does a spin and stomp move <laughs> on someone. It's so good. Mark? Which which part, favorite part about the fight? Um, it Just was... what did you think about the fight? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, it was interesting to see where the sort of miscommunication of the teamwork is coming from because there's an understanding that one as the as the team leader as the not self-appointed but as the team leader has to take full responsibility for any and all miscommunications on the field and and proper communications and things like that and seeing how defiant east is and well not necessarily defiant but how much she wants to prove herself to the detriment of the team was interesting because it gave to me it gave a little bit more clout to one as a leader and having to be that just that much better to cover for any sort of moments like these and and it's a we're gonna get more out of east because it's a scripted show and that makes sense but um (laughs) in in this moment the the haughtiness and um, uh, self cocksure way that one carries herself became a little bit more warranted to me because of how East was acting in the field, and that that shows shows me even more so than before that she has the leadership capability that people are people are hoping that she can make more use of. That's a weird way to put that, but that's what I mean. So. I, I think this showed us a lot for our whole team, not just not just uh, East and One, but also for Carolina to show what she's dealing with. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we got a good amount of character development out of this fight and out of the aftermath. Um, I appreciated that we, not necessarily that we had Carolina coming out on top, but that we had her holding her own, especially since she spent so long with a speed unit of her own that she would understand the tactics behind using super speed, how would you approach it, etc., etc. So I appreciate that we had a relatively even playing field. Um, I see what you're saying with one and with the leadership capabilities. I would add to that that she also has a ways to go. Oh, sure. 100%. Yeah, because as a leader, you can't say the only reason that you're here is because of your superpower. Otherwise, you're useless. Like, yikes. And I know that's not the exact quote. But that's that's certainly a thing. And I appreciate that once that ended, 
we got more out of East that we got the apology from Carolina that she was trying to help and that she herself is over eager to get this resolved, to get Wash back, to take care of all of this. And that East is continuing to try to prove herself that East is not doing so hot. We saw the backlash from using her birth step and that she's still very much having issues with West in terms of the whole, you're not my boss, you're not my dad thing. Although I will argue that at least one of those is untrue because West is her commanding officer, (laughs) which makes him her boss. (laughs) It's a weird sort of situation that probably shouldn't be happening in any actual military unit, but he is her boss. They can argue the whole dad thing later, but yeah. So it's, It was fun to see more, I think especially out of East here, getting a little bit more out of her mindset now that we know her backstory. Uh, Do we have anything else to say? Yep, Megan's raising her hand. What do we got? (laughs) Teacher, please call on me. You've been called Uh, on. Go! (laughs) Um, I know I kind of say this like every time there's a new season of Red vs. Blue, Um, but I, I really appreciate that um this three this dynamic between these three women is a kind of cornerstone for the uh, for the narrative this season i keep wanting to call it a volume because of ruby but no it, it's a cornerstone <laughs> of the the narrative this season and i think it's just kind of remarkable that we went from have like this being a show with a token girl character to being one where the dynamic between three women is a central factor and that they're all badass and cool in different ways and that they're all flawed, um, well-rounded people and that they're also not the only women in the season. Like, it's it's cool. <laughs> I just, I really like how many women are in this show now. <laughs> it makes me very happy. Yes, 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 yes. I don't really think I have much add to, to add to that aside from yes. Mark, what do you think? About which part? <laughs> Are we talking like the original? The original question. The the thing that just happened. <laughs> yes to all, or we could just move on to talk about another wonderful woman in this show. I, I do have a lot to say about Tiny, but the only thing, I agree with Megan. <laughs> that is because Megan is correct. <laughs> She's objectively correct in her assessment. You heard but it that, here, folks. I am never wrong. That is not what I said at all <laughs> in any capacity. Anyway, Mark, you have a lot to say about Tiny, you said. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Talk to me about Tiny and the tricked out car. More Tiny, please. for having a lot to say about tiny that was a tiny sentence succinct yes that that is true um i'll be be completely honest i'm i'm blanking and i forgot what i was gonna say about that scene we'll come back to you we we have this wonderful scene where you know we've put tiny on the job to trick out the car and tiny has tricked out the car and it has 
speakers and cup holders and ring lights for influencers and, you know, all of this extreme pimp my ride stuff. And then also, you know, in terms of being utilitarian, there is an ATV in the back, which is good for our purposes, but also I appreciate her assessment of just which, ew. And a camouflage system that lets you color code the car to match your outfits and also go invisible if you need to. Which I appreciate that they had to continually push her to get anything utilitarian out of it. And also the car has no guns because Tiny has priorities and might also be in, you know, right job, wrong area, wrong company. Mark, do you remember what you would like to say nope. about Tiny? <laughs> Is that a yes or a no? That was a nope. <laughs> Megan! Uh, Tiny is wonderful. Um, and the, this whole sequence, just talking about how she can uh, camouflage the car with nanotechnology. Um, the uh, It's a weird thing to have like an association from. But do you ever like remember just like watching old news stories um, for, like that were just like on the news when you were a kid? Any memories of that? I have a weird memory of like watching the NBC news one day and like there was this story about a a mood ring like car where like the paint job on a car would just like change colors depending on like what angle you were looking at it and the way the light was bouncing off of it and everything like that so it was just the way the car was painted it was just like an ever shifting color car and i just remember thinking but I just want my car to be a particular color. Like, it would be cool to have a car that could change the paint color whenever I want. But if it's shifting all the time, like, I wouldn't have fun with that. That's not <laughs> that's not a thing that I want. Why would anyone want that? Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to change color. Maybe if you changed, mo- like, you can change the look of the model of it. Like, like you can go from the uh, the, the Tesla future van to, like, a third generation red Chevy Camaro or like a Pontiac Trans Am, like maybe if it gets a little bit too hot. Um, but other than that, that's a very specific reference and I hope people get it. But um, <laughs> I, I, I like how for a military organization, tiny is like less guns. I think that's a nice <laughs> mindset to be is you'll be protected. You can make it look however you want. No guns. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm not certain if this is a military organization or if it's just a private wait. organization that's gotten way too far. PMC. Wait wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. What if this car is more than meets the eye? <laughs> what if it was Turbo Dean? <laughs> Damn it! I was trying so hard not to say anything Turbo Teen because I knew that Mark would pick up on it and run and you too late because I already mentioned that if it could turn into a third generation Chevy Camaro or a Pontiac Trans Am which is the model of Turbo Teen boom there I was gonna let that reference go but here we are Turbo Teen is going to haunt this podcast forever it's gonna haunt this station haunt our lives much like every, much damn. like the the lives of America, uh, when oh, uh, when Christ. the all thirteen episodes of Turbo Teen aired in between September fifteenth, nineteen eighty four, and August thirty first, nineteen eighty five. Mark, if you want to do a Turbo Teen podcast, you can just leave us out of it. I did. Nobody listened. 
This is my. This is a backdoor promotion for it. I'm shutting that door now. <laughs> no, I want to get in on the ground floor of this. Then go out into the alley and I'll shut the door. If you want to get on the ground floor, make sure to donate to anchor.fm. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. Every time well, every time the car's in it, it's going to happen. I'll figure out ways to make it subtle so you don't have to deal with it. But just know, <laughs> if you don't understand a reference from mine on either show that, that we do or that you listen to, folks, it's probably a Turbo Teen reference. <laughs> At least I'm overt about my bullshit. <laughs> Which is why we had about five Overwatch jokes already. Subtlety. Anyway, nah, I don't believe in it. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Zenyatta main. We don't do subtle. Anyway, so we take this show on the road <laughs> with Raymond driving, of all people, which I found interesting given that we had East and uh, One doing the driving in our initial opening sequence. But maybe that's why Raymond is driving. They're not allowed <laughs> to drive anymore, especially not in the city center. We have Raymond driving the car with go-go gadget Raymond mode, which is bright orange, which I super appreciate, trying to intercept Shatter Squad. Shatter Squad. Oh, my God. The Secret Snake Squad. The Secret Snake Squad. Everything starts with S. I give up. Deadly Viper Assassination Squad. Trying to intercept our villains as they have already managed to get in and get out of Starlight Labs and obtain another key. And it looks like we just have manaconda and dad asp in the car because king cobra himself is on the rooftop and that gives us our flashback sequence in which we get what i think is our third and final plot hook of the episode and find out that zero was part of starlight laboratories presumably was part of their experimentation and tried to leave and that axel essentially ran him down and thought that he took him out because usually if you shoot a guy off a cliff that tends to take care of things not accounting for i assume either superpowers or power armor so we get some backstory for zero we get some backstory for axel and we get a little bit more credence to the hey i bet phase is also west's daughter bit because of the if you had a daughter would you be able to do to her what west did to what west did to his daughter so there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Megan, what do you think of it? The car chase and the flashback. Uh, I really liked this sequence. One, I'm always down for a good dramatic showdown in the rain. Uh, always a good time, just from an action movie standpoint. Um, I really liked the the bits of character and lore that we got from this. Like, I know we talked last week about how um, this isn't, Pro this isn't necessarily Project Freelancer, or we're not dealing with remnants of Project Freelancer, but for an organization that's not Project Freelancer, Starlight Labs sounds a lot like Project Freelancer with the experiments and the manipulation, things like that. This, regardless of whether or not it has ties to anything else we've seen in Red vs. Blue lore, it's probably not good if we're if we're to take um what zero said with any sort of if, if there was any grain of truth of what he was saying these guys are not good guys they cannot be trusted um and also another interesting bit is that at one point during this sequence during this chase um 
Zero had Axel at gunpoint and chose not to shoot him and instead continued running. And Axel did not extend that same courtesy to Zero. So I I find it interesting that our quote-unquote bad guy, like, showed Axel mercy, and in return, Axel shot him off a building. Like, that's... It, it makes for a very, like, oh, interesting. It, it makes me wonder if what what Zero did before he ran away, if if shooting him off a building was a justifiable action <laughs> after that. So I, I don't know. I'll be interested when, when we get more bits of their backstory. And it's nice to have confirmation that our Viper squad at the like that they do in fact have connection to multiple people on shatter squad and that they have connection to starlight laboratories which would make sense how they were just complete able to tip wow how they were able to completely take out the base that we saw in the opening episode mark what do you think what is this some sort of viper squad um i I liked the scene. I felt that the the I, I originally thought that the chase wasn't necessary because the flash that we got was oh this reminds me of that time when we were on a precipice much like this. It was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. But it it, it was. <laughs> but it reminded uh, you bringing up that point, Megan, uh, about yeah he didn't fire on him. It was more of a diversion tactic, which meant which meant to me that Zero could still see the humanity in the people he was running from, specifically Axel, but he or respected him or something in a way where he knew that killing Axel wasn't going to solve anything. And on the the shoe being on the other foot. Axel thought that Zero was dangerous enough that he had to be stopped at any means by any means necessary. So we don't know we don't know the in-between. But to me, I can understand why those decisions, not necessarily the what behind those decisions, but the why to those decisions makes sense to me. It and but it the the picture is still the same, whereas Zero is not entirely bad, may not be entirely bad, even though killing temple guards to take over the world with some true whatever, summoning Santa, whatever. And <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. And Axel for, probably thinking like a quote for the greater good, I have to kill my friend or whatever. And, and he's not so squeaky clean as we thought. And that's that was interesting, but it was it's still it still to me wasn't like a like a super cliffhanger you know like it was still it was still interesting to see but it still is a like a typing like you like you're waiting for a text back from a friend like for a really important question and you just see typing like so far (laughs) so far that that's what a lot of this stuff is like you you're pretty sure you know how they're going to respond but they're taking a really long time with giving you the answer (laughs) The bit I'm kind of stuck on at the moment is join me, Axel, and we will rule the galaxy See together. His father and son. <laughs> As boyfriends, maybe. Yeah. As red armor and also red armor. 
I appreciate it. Um, the one thing I'm questioning is, did Axel think that Zero was too dangerous to live, or was he just following orders? And I know just following orders is one of those things that's really never an excuse, but I'm wondering if that wasn't that character motivation. Like, we don't get to see his thought process on this quite yet. So it'll be interesting to see what that answer is if we get it. Because his argument was, I'm not a traitor. Before Zero called him a coward and Axel shot him off a cliff. You know, as you do. You can't just- run away from your feelings! Hashtag just friend things? <laughs> Yikes. So we leave on that rather interesting cliffhanger. And yeah, Mark, I agree with you that none of these really feel like episode endings. It's just very much the moment in a movie where you take a breath. So this is going to be one hell of a movie when it's strung together so far. But it's leading to some very interesting episode ins and outs. So that is what we have. And we are going into, it looks like next episode, we're going back into a car chase. And possibly finding out what's going on with Wash. Maybe, maybe not. Question mark? Because, you know, I have priorities. Do we have any predictions? Do we have anything we want to talk about before we wrap this up? Mark, let's start with you. I think that the insurmountable odds that are going to keep stacking in terms of keeping Wash from Carolina are going to cause Carolina to make a mistake that Shatter Squad is going to have to atone for and show how prepared they truly are that's probably going to be like an act three or end of act two sort of a thing but with how how uh compromised she seemed in her reactions to where's wash we got to say i got to get the river but like just she went from calm cool collected level-headed at the top as much as carolina can be to <laughs> uh the state that she was in at the at the end of the episode and i think that um because they've been through so much it's going to come back and and it's going to provide a turning point for their relationship but it might be at the cost of something and and shatter squad's gonna have to really come through and save the day once they're like oh we got carolina that's fine well carolina can't carolina can save you now so like I think they're gonna they're gonna have to overcome the the insurmountable odds, which is relying on the past generation, uh, and really come into their own as a team. I like that. I like that quite a bit, Megan. Uh, yeah it it could go uh one of a couple ways. I could also definitely see a scenario in which Carolina is already on her way to <laughs> to their location. Just like, don't mind me. I'm just gonna sneak on out here. Um, but yeah, I I'm really looking forward to getting more backstory. I'm looking forward to this next car chase scene. I'm looking forward uh, to to getting resolution on all the hooks that we got for this episode. So I can't wait. I'm gonna go in a slightly different direction and say because this show really likes having two different locations to cut back and forth to, I think we're gonna have our car chase as one location, and I think our other location on top of that is gonna be back at wait at back at base where either fake wash or brainwashed wash. We don't Bra- know. Brainwashed. Could be anything. Brainwashed. <laughs> yep. 
because that's the one thing we haven't managed to do to him yet. Damn it, that's good. I don't <laughs> like puns, but shoot, that's good. <laughs> hey, is going to be causing trouble, and we might wind up with Wash versus Carolina. <gasps> yeah! Which I think Megan likes. Gimme, gimme, gimme! <laughs> Has that happened yet? Not in an extended fashion. Yeah, I we, thought we not. had very few instances of it and none of it in earnest. All right, let's get it, this last bit of fan service from the previous generation <laughs> out of the way before we can truly move forward with this new franchise. Wait, Griffin Simmons are getting married? <laughs> two, two last bits of fan service. <laughs> it's the uh, for me, it's that it's that thing the meme the comic that ends with one fear. <laughs> um, but um but before we we sign off like please finish but I I did remember one other thing that I wanted to say. Oh no, that's all I had. Go ahead. Okay. Um I think similar to how we had been equating this to the uh freelancer season, I think we're going to see people with their helmets off. And and I think that might be a little bit basic, but the but if we're predicting that uh, Wash is gonna either going to be brainwashed in the suit or not in the suit, then that leaves an opportunity, especially now that we're working outside of the Halo engine, that leaves a possibility for some sort of uh, performance capture and maybe an updated look of how Carolina and Wash were. So we may get and and we may we may see more people without helmets by the end of the season, just so that we can then maximize what we can do outside of using Halo. That's interesting. And that would also there I hesitate to call it like the book for RVB because for one, we have a book for RVB and that's Thanks, what we're Eddie. talking about. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank, thank you. Ed. you Eddie. I don't think you understand how often I reference that timeline. Oh my god. Uh yeah, for other projects. But yeah, it, it's one of the unspoken but consistent rules for red versus blue is that we are never going to see what the Blood Gold Crew's faces look like. This is the way. because Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Because there have been so many different interpretations and so much. And basically, they're like, we have very few rules for what they look like. You know, Tucker is black is one of them. And Wash kind of got grandfathered into that. Even when we had the freelancer seasons, we only ever saw the back of his head every other time he was in armor. So it would be interesting to see if they dropped that rule in regards to Wash. That said, sign me up for Helmets Off for all of our everyone else, for both of our squads. I need it. I want it. Give it to me. Well, because we've seen Carolina, and haven't we seen Wash? No. I thought we had. We have no canon face for Wash. The most we've seen is, again, the back of his head. We know he's blonde. Or he was at the time. Okay, so so he was unmasked, but we didn't see his face. Correct. Okay. We've we've seen the back of his head from a distance. It was that classroom scene where they were talking about the AI and metastability. I've been in this fandom a long time. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that season was like 10 years ago. (laughs) Eight! Eight years ago! Anyway, yeah, so I I will be interested to see if we go there, just because Wash kind of falls under Blood Gulch rules in terms of will we ever show their face. So I'm here for it. I'll just be interested to see what happens there. So yeah, yes. Uh, Mark, where can the people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Twitch and Twitch. Hello at Mark B. Donica. Uh, I stream gameplay and podcasts from there. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Miles Morales. Uh, Black Friday deals may expand what I may be playing because games are stupid cheap right now. Um, but I also podcast with my wife. We have a theme park podcast called Party of Two, which you can find at Party of Two Pod. Uh, we're coming up to the end of the season. We usually take a season break uh, for the holiday season uh, and and wait a little bit into the year to start and uh this it's been a wild couple of weeks and uh we would appreciate your listenership so go check us out on twitch we tape every sunday and for the podcast feed if you don't want to watch live and interact with us and be a part of the conversation you can just listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash party of two pod my name is Megan, and you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams, where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I'm on a, a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, where my co host Will Link loves Lost, and I don't, and we talk about it. And I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reactions to Red vs. Blue, other Rooster Teeth properties, and various and sundry other things, they live on that YouTube channel. I am also on another podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast, and it's currently on hiatus because League is currently in its off-season, but we may come back for a special episode or two. We shall see. But that is also available. Uh, please remember to follow us and interact on all of the wonderful things on Anchor, on Twitter, on join our Discord, enter our contest, have a grand old time. All of that is at the Rooster Team. So, you know, join the party. We have a blast. We love you guys. Uh, remember that supporting our sponsor supports us. So head to fredhebakes.com and use coupon code the Rooster Team for 20% off your entire order. And as always, we end with the important things wear a mask. Anytime you go outside, doesn't matter how far you're going, if it's just getting the mail, walking your dog, whatever it is, wear a mask. It protects you a little bit and it protects other people a lot. And that is important. Support your essential workers. Be patient with them. It's a ridiculously busy season. Please be patient. Please be kind. They are out there working. So your life is a little easier. So, you know, be good to them. Black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black LGBTQIA lives matter. Black lives matter. That has not changed. That's not going to change. If you are protesting, please protest safely. If you are not, please support your protesters. Support the post office. It's still suffering from shenanigans. Uh, be patient with the post office. It's going to be a very heavy postal season this year. So, you know, be chill about that. Shop small. If you're shopping small, Small Business Saturday is coming up. And, you know, Amazon doesn't necessarily need your dollars, but the folks on Etsy and Redbubble and tea public definitely could thank you for voting thank you for voting thank you for voting thank you for voting if you're in georgia we're gonna need you to do it again in january so please check your registration and vote then but thank you for voting and guys take care of yourselves and take care of each other because that's the only way we're gonna get through all of this and we love you thank you for listening this has been RVB Recall, over and out. Mm -hmm.